Hallelujah. I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, while you're finding that opening, uh, I know you've heard about it already in announcements, but want to reiterate, we're having our second quarter helps ministry rally tonight. And uh, so I'm encouraging and asking everyone to come out and be a part. And uh, uh, one of our, our first session will be, it will all be together. And Brother Lon, our uh, head of security uh, here at the church, is going to do a presentation of, uh, and help ready us for any sort of emergency we might face. And we've never done that before corporately in the church, so we want to we wanna do that. So we're going to cover fire, and we'll cover storm, and then we'll be introduced to, uh, you know, an, uh, God forbid, an active shooter type of situation. Thank God we know better, right? About the, you know, we'll do what we, all we can do in the natural uh, but I have such confidence in the angels and the blood of Jesus. But, amen, it's not going to hurt uh, us to have some preparations in place in the natural. And so we encourage you to come out. And so that starts at 4.30, and our goal is to get you out right at 6 o'clock. You'll have your evening. And uh, if you're a key leader, a department head, a deacon, we're asking you to be here for a meeting just with you all at 3 o'clock. All right? Amen. Don't forget, Dr. Jacobs will be behind this pulpit next Sunday. We'll also receive the Lord's Supper together on Sunday morning. So it's going to be, going to be good. Amen. Father, we come to this moment. We open up our hearts. Our minds are alert. We're hungry. This is such a weighty time in life and in our country and in the overall scope of where we are in the prophetic plan of God. So I pray that every ear this morning for the next several minutes will be a listening ear, a hearing ear, that we'll be uh, uh, un, un, uh, affected by any distraction, and that God, that uh, you would give us an understanding and wise heart to grab hold of the word. Father, for my part, as I've already asked you, God, help me to minister in the fullness of the pastoral office, that grace that comes from Jesus to feed the sheep. And that it'll come out clearly, boldly, easy to grab a hold of, easy to swallow. And that God, as we hear it, we commit ourselves to be doers of it. Because that's only how we access the blessing. Not in hearing, only in doing. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, last week, if you were here, we launched out and began a brand new series. This is just the second part. You could go back on our podcast or website. wouldn't cost you anything and uh, catch up with us. But uh, the Lord had put it on my heart, I believe, to minister and teach along the lines of a sound mind. Amen. Having a sound mind. Did you observe or interact with anyone out in the community this week that didn't quite have a sound mind? Yeah, well, praise God. You may have interacted with someone and they thought about you. That, uh, you, you so we're not judging anybody, are we? We don't have any stones to throw. And, uh, but uh, let's look at this verse and we'll dive into this this morning. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. Paul is uh, a spiritual father and seasoned minister and he's writing to another minister, a spiritual son in Timothy. And he says in verse 7, For God hath not given. What has God not given? A spirit of fear. Now, like last week, if we could get the amplified uh, rendering of that on the screen for people and just leave it up there. Glory to God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. We're to have, fear is never God. Oh, Pastor Chris, there is some good fear. No, there's no good fear. Now, if you're talking about New, uh, King James Bible fear in terms of honor or reverence, that's what that means, and that is good. But it'd be better translated in our day, in our vernacular, respect or honor or regard for God, reverence for God. But when you're talking about run-of-the-mill fear, from its mildest forms of being uh, concerned, worried, to manic and terror, we're to have nothing to do with it because it's never come from God. We'll all be made to feel it. Amen. We'll be, situ we'll be in situations where that will rise up. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just reality. Amen? But we are to resist it, knowing it did not come from God. Amen? 
Don't let your children, parents, fear the boogeyman. I like what Dr. Lester Summerall said. If the devil wants to tell me there's something behind the door, I go over to the door and kick it in. Right? Amen? Shine your light under the bed and show the devil a liar once more. Amen? But we do just teach your kids. We don't do fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, in the Amplified, it brings out a specific type of fear that Paul is dealing with because apparently this is what Timothy is, is yielding to. And it, so it says in the Amplified, God has not given us the spirit of timidity. You know, if you're shy, you should not be. Shy is another form of timidity. Now, being an introvert, that's not, that's not wrong. That just means you prefer less company than more company. And that's just personality and personal preference. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Someone who is shy wants to say something and interact, but doesn't out of fear. Amen? In other words, sh this shyness or timidity is preventing Timothy from saying things and doing things he knows he should say and do, wants to say and do, but he's not because of this form of fear working against him. Yeah. Amen? Uh, listen, I've, I've, dealt with that. I've dealt with that. You say, you're shy? Well, I don't know about shy, but uh, I, I'm not a real confrontational person. Amen? I'd rather not rock the boat if I can get away with it. Amen? And I've dealt with being a people pleaser. I'm getting over that pretty good. But anyway, you know, I, I have dealt with it in my life. And uh, some people just don't care. I, I have cared. I'd, I'd prefer you to like me than not like me. That's just me. And, uh, but, uh, but I've had to step over timidity to be a good pastor. I've had to step over my personality to confront things and keep the congregation safe. And I just have to do it. Amen? So anyway, that's not my message. But, you know, God has not given us the spirit of fear. If you'd like to talk to someone, go talk to them. If you'd like to get to know someone, show yourself friendly. You know, I see all these people, you know, and they, they've got their nose in the corner all the time when people are around. Or they're, they've dived into their phone. And yet they complain that they have no friends. That's not going to work, honey. The Bible says he that would have friends must show himself friendly. And when you're acting like that, you are telling everybody, leave me alone. Amen. We'd like to get to know you. Okay. Praise the Lord. Some people, they, they time it so they come to church during the first song, and they leave before I get the invitation over. I mean, come on, we'd like to get to know you. Amen. You know? Anyway, praise God. Well, what, what has God given to us? This verse highlights three things. The spirit of power. Power to deal with fear. Power to deal with whatever we need to deal with. Then what? Love. We don't have to fear. There is no reason to fear. Because God, the one and really only one that counts, amen, loves us. And will never not love us. No matter what. Saying about it this morning. Not depth, nor height, nor anything. Right? Not test, not trouble, not trial, not persecution, not rejection from people can separate you, can separate me from my Father's love. Amen. Amen? So if you don't love me and you don't like me, guess what? That's just your loss. <laughs> Amen? So He's given us the spirit of power and the spirit of love and what else? A sound mind. A mind that is sound. God's given it to you. It's for you. It's for me. That we would live every day with a sound mind. We face every situation and every decision with a sound mind. But, as I said last week, if you and I are going to have what God's provided, you're going to have to contend for it. You're going to have to fight for it. You see, Satan, when you got born again, he lost your spirit. He lost you because you're a spirit. And when, Holy, when the Holy Spirit moved into your spirit, He lost you. He lost you uh, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You're no longer part of the family of darkness. You belong to the family of God. Amen? 
He no longer has dominion over you where he can just do stuff in your life at will. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have that. He lost that. Amen? Well, so the next way he's going to, that he thinks that he's got access, and he does in so many lives, is he's going to, he lost the spirit, so he's going to attack the soul. And he's going to endeavor to render your life mute, defeated, unfruitful, ineffective. And if he can get you tormented and suffering and all of that and wild and crazy in your mind, that's, a, that's extra for him. But his goal is to nullify you, to zero you out. Amen. And uh, so you're going to have to learn... To possess your soul. Luke 21, Jesus said, in these last days, listen, in your patience, in your perseverance, possess your soul. What does that mean, possess my soul? Well, your soul is your mind, your will, what you use to make decisions, and your emotions, your feelings. And so many are possessed by their soul and therefore are out of control. When we are to be at the wheel a born-again spirit being possessing my soul. I possess my mind, my reasoning, my thinking faculties, my personality. I'm not going to be ruled by it. I'm going to employ it. I'm going to direct it. I am not my emotions, and I refuse to be ruled by them. You have, we're emotional creatures. But so many people, they are ruled by their emotions. They're just ruled by what they feel. But you know what, you, you all are, you've got some skill, we all do, in overriding our emotions. Yeah. How many of you, if you let your emotions rule over you, would not go to work Monday morning? If you just went by how you felt. Come on, there's, I got two honest people in here. Two honest people. No, we, we realize that if, if we want the paycheck, then we're going to have to override our feelings. And get where we're supposed to be. Right. Amen. Well, don't throw that thought, that, that, that value away when it comes to spiritual things. Amen. I'm sure most of you had to override your feeling in flesh to get here this morning. Yeah. I believe in being honest. Amen. Amen. It's not wrong. It's just reality. It's just reality. Well, you cannot have a sound mind if you just do and say and act in line with your emotions and just, oh, you're dangerous to be around. Amen? And if your family is tentative every time you come home, trying to, you got to wait to figure out what version of you's coming home today, then you're the one I'm talking about. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, see, God's authored a higher life for us. He's offered us a sound mind. Now, the Amplified gives four attributes to what a sound mind looks like. Amen? What was the first one? We covered that last week. Calm. A sound mind is a calm mind. In other words, you need to have it as your determined aim and goal. My goal is to be done with drama. Now, there's part of people that like drama. Stir up drama just to have drama going on. That's not good thinking. That's not a sound mind. You think there's a lot of drama going on in heaven? No, that spirit realm, God's realm, it's ordered. It's regulated. And there came a time eons and eons and eons ago where one being in heaven tried to get out of order and create some drama. The Bible says that God cast out the devil with a finger. Oh, you go try to get out of order, blick, down to the earth you go. Boom. And Lucifer became the devil. Amen? You need, I'm telling you, I'm getting some resistance in this room. But listen, hallelujah. I'm going to push past you. I'm going to just keep preaching. Amen. A, a sound mind is a calm mind. What's that mean? Don't let yourself freak out when a bad report comes. Let yourself freak out. You get news in a business deal you've been working on for two or three years, and someone comes and says, Pastor or whoever, dude, it's, it's, 
I just got news they're backing out. It's falling apart. And you just freak out. Punching the wall, pulling out hair, screaming at everybody. It's not a sound mind. Amen. And listen, no condo bondo. Wherever we are, wherever we're located right now in these messages, these messages locate you. No condo bondo. You know what that means? No condemnation, no bondage. But we have to have the right target so we can reach and aim for the right target. You might write this verse down because I've got a specific place I'm trying to get to. But in Isaiah 26, you might, you read, it's a short chapter, you could read the whole thing, but in verse 3, it says, He, God, He keeps Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. That word stayed means fixed. So to leave peace, to get dramatic, we had to take our mind off Him. I don't care what arises in your life, what battles, what circumstances, we're all going to face them that you end up facing. If you'll keep your mind fixed on Him, all you will see is victory. All you will see is victory. All you will see about your body is healing. All you will see about your finances is, I've got this, honey. I meet all your needs. Amen. But it's when we let our minds drift that we leave peace and we lose peace. He keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on him. Now, from a practical standpoint, you're going to have to fight to do that. I said, you will have to fight to do that. Amen. Later in that chapter, it says, Lord, you have ordained peace for us. For you have wrought all our works in us. O Lord, our God, other lords. So he calls God rightly, Lord, capital L. And then he says, other lords, little l, have had dominion over us. Come on, come on, yeah. So Jesus could be your Lord, but other little lords can have dominion over your soul. And God wants us to all be free. And we can't get to 100% freedom in Christ in prayer lines alone. You have to do something with your mind. I said, you have to do something with your mind. Amen. Brother Scott and I were walking out and, uh, from the office up to the front here and just chatting about some of these things. And, you know, this thing about the mind is one of the few areas where a Christian must stand alone. You know, even in faith and believing God, I can help Reverend Richard in his faith. I can help them in faith by agreeing with them. The prayer of agreement. And we can help each other in our faith life. In other areas of our life, I can pray for them. Right? Uh, in fellowship, we can strengthen one another. There, in the spiritual life, so many things that are critical in our life can be helped by other people. But when it comes to your mind, only you. Your wife cannot help you have a sound mind. Your husband cannot do, you, you're going to have to renew, if you're going to get a sound mind, a sound mind is a renewed mind, and no one, Brother Ken, no one but you can renew your mind. I can't pray you into a renewed mind. If I could, I'd have done it already. Believe me. If I had an anointing wand, I'd come along while you weren't looking. I'd come up the back of the sanctuary where y'all were singing, and I'd go, you don't think right, ding. You don't think right, ding. Uh, oh, you really don't think right, ding. I mean, I really would. But you know what? Who would I, who would I have dung first? I'd have gone, ding, and made it work for me. But I can't come, I can't get in Dr. Jacob's prayer line and get total freedom, total freedom, by having His precious hands put on me. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So, then we see calm, we see well-balanced, 
I'm going to fast forward past that. And then we see this. We see this word what? Discipline. Don't you love that word? Nobody does. I mean, if you could apply discipline to eating Red's donuts, that would be wonderful. We would all love discipline. I'm disciplined about eating Red's donuts, you know. Uh, you know, praise God. But to have a sound mind is going to require that we be disciplined. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 4. I hope you're not bored. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. And Amber and I love you so much. And when you leave this place, the vast majority of your life is lived away from us. Amen. And I want you to have peace everywhere you go. Victory everywhere you go. Amen. But to have that, you're going to have to let God, through me and His Word and the Holy Spirit, equip you with the knowledge of what you're going to need to do yourself to have and live in victory. So, I love this in Ephesians chapter 4. Begin reading with me in verse 17. And it's going to talk about, for a moment, in a few verses here, about our having left the old life and coming into the kingdom of God and what we must do now. So in verse 17 it says, This I say, the Apostle Paul, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth, or from now on, from now on, right? From now on, walk not as other Gentiles walk. The word Gentile just simply means unbelievers. Unbelievers. So he's acknowledging you're in the Lord now. So, from now on. Do not walk. The word walk in the New Testament means live. Mm -hmm. Do not live like unbelievers live. And then he's going to tell us a little bit about how unbelievers live and why they live that way. Don't live like other Gentiles or unbelievers live in the vanity of their mind. That word vanity means the futility, the emptiness, and the total lack of order. That's how sinners think. We're not, we're not, I used to be one, right? We all used to, you know, I'm saved now, thank God. I'm born again, I'm not a sinner. I have the capacity to make mistakes and sin, but I'm not a sinner. I'm the righteousness of God, and so are you according to the Bible. Amen. Well, they live the way they think. They live the way they think. How do they think? Empty, vain, futile, empty thoughts. Having, verse 18, the understanding darkened. They can't think right. Why? Next phrase. They are alienated from the life of God. They do not have God in them. Through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. I don't know why the King James translators wrote the word blindness here. In the Greek, you study it in the margin of my Bible, says hardness of heart or callousness. They aren't just blind. Really, the reason they're blind is because they have hardened their heart to the truth. They have hardened their heart against all things. And that's what our society is deep, deep, deep in the process of hardening itself The culture out there is in total rebellion to God. Total rebellion to God in morals, standards, sexuality, finances. I mean, they're they're deep in darkness. Now, they would argue against it, but they they might say, I, I have no animus against God, but because of the blindness, they are so blind because they have slowly calloused themselves against God. Therefore, they cannot see. Well, listen, we shouldn't think like they think. Amen. We are to embrace an entirely different way of thinking. In verse 19, it goes on, who, again, talking about these uh, kinds of people, being past feeling. Don't know why. It says that either. In the Greek, it's literally, again, having become hardened. Having become hardened. You know, I've got some, uh, I I am kind of a little, I got a little plush preacher thing going on here. But I do have calluses on my hands, lest you think I don't do anything. 
Amen. And uh, I, I've got one right under my ring finger here. And, man, it's, it's a good one. I mean, it's a good one. I mean, you'd have to take a big hunk out of that before I'd feel anything. Right? And, and you can become calloused, insensitive, unfeeling. And to you, you just don't see why anything, you just don't get why homosexuality is wrong. You just don't get it. Well, it's not that homosexuality is right. It's that you become so calloused and hardened by slowly being worked on by the devil in your mind. And the pressures of society and culture have so had their effect on you, you can't feel the conviction about that anymore. And it's going to take some gold bond lotion <laughs> being applied. Amen. That can be resoftened. You can gain feeling again. But why does the world think the way they do? Paul's telling you right here. Amen. Having, now notice it didn't say they were forced this way, having given themselves over to lasciviousness. That word simply means all manner of immorality. Lasciviousness. I know you probably didn't say that this week in conversation. But it literally means all manner of immorality. To work all uncleanness with greediness. Now notice the contrast, but you. Y'all still with me? But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard Him. See, see, if you've really heard Him, you won't think like that. And have been taught by Him. It's really in Him. As the truth is in Jesus. Look at the instruction to the believer. That you put off. Who's going to do it? I'm going to do it for me. You're going to have to do it for you. That you put off concerning the former conversation. That word means lifestyle. Put off the former way of living, the old man. See, you're, a, you're born again now. You're a Christian now. So don't keep living and thinking like you did when you were not a Christian. This says very purposefully, put off that old girl. Put off that old guy. Some translations, you really study the Greek on this, it means throw away, make a determined once and forever decision to throw off. It's not like I'm going to take this jacket off, I'm going to hang it on a hanger, and I'm coming back for it. In the Greek, this means take it off, burn it. You done with it. I'm not coming back to this way of thinking. I'm not going back to these habits. I'm not going back. I'm done clubbing on Friday night till 2 in the morning. I'm done with this. I'm done with that. Put off the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And look at this. Be renewed. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, it's the mind that's the issue. Because your spirit's right. But it's your mind, my mind, that is the issue. I love the Amplified in this because it says, Be constantly, be constantly renewed. Amen. Amen. In the spirit or the attitude of your mind. Amen. Guys, it's, it's not just individual thoughts that we're dealing with. It's mindsets that have to change. Right? I just uh, went, I took a huge leap of faith for me, and I went from a Microsoft-based computer to a Mac, Apple-based computer. Well, there are some similarities, but there are some big differences. And I'm having to learn a whole new way of computing. Amen. And this is, takes purposeful, individual effort, Brother Kevin, that only you can do for you. Joy, only you can do for you. Amen. Put off the old man yeah. and be constantly yeah. being renewed in the attitude, character, and spirit of your mind. Amen. Now, the word renewed means renovated. Yeah. Renovated. 
We don't have time to go there this morning, but Romans 12, you know it. Verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renovation is that Greek word. It means renovation. I know I've been through it recently, about to do some more. And you have too, the Harshmans, renovating things at home. The Corzines. You know, how many of you got projects at home? You know? Well, how many of you know, before you can get to an updated, restored, brand new, cutting edge bathroom, you got to make a mess. Right? I'm going to have to go in there or hire someone to go in there with a sawzall and a sledgehammer and go to town. And when you're, welcome to the Christian life. If you're new to the Christian life, you come to church and I got my sledgehammer and my, my, my sawzall and I'm going away at your mind, honey. And you know what the unrenewed mind wants to respond? I ain't going back to that church. I didn't come to church to hear a guy talk to me like that. Amen? But strongholds of wrong thinking, whole mindsets aren't going to go away with a... It has to be torn down. It has to be uprooted. It has to be ripped out. Woo! And just, you just need to decide. I, I'm going to have fun with this. This is the process. This is the way it is. It's going to get dusty. It's going to be messy. Because there's a whole lot of areas in my life that I don't think right. Amen. And the renovation process isn't just done by your pastor. Amen. Uh, when you sit down with your Bible... That's the Holy Ghost with a sledgehammer and a shovel. And I mean, and if you'll let him, if you'll endure demo day. The only way to get to reveal day is to endure demo day. And you're going to feel like the Holy Ghost took a sledgehammer to your core prized values. And you're going to be made to see they don't measure up with his word. But this is the process of going from an unsound mind. That's how we all start. We bring an unsound mind into the kingdom. The way we get to a sound mind is the process of renewal. And that is we bathe our minds, our thoughts in the Word. We measure every thought against the Word. Every thought. Are you willing to do that? Everything you've believed, lay it on the table. Are you willing to change everything you've heard? You may have heard all your life from well-meaning preachers that uh, healing passed away. Sometimes he does, but we just have to trust him. You know, sometimes God will allow sickness to come on us to teach us. If you know that doesn't line up with the Word, you, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't substantiate that with the Word. You might think you can, but you can't. Amen. Are you willing to lay that down, that sacred cow, to embrace a new thought? A better thought, a covenant thought, a word thought. What about thoughts about yourself? Thoughts about yourself. Are you willing to lay the way you have thought about yourself down and pick up the right thought, the God thought about yourself? Amen. Hang with me just a little bit longer. We'll be done. Amen. Go with me to Ephesians 6. I want to look at Ephesians 6, a verse there, and then in Colossians before we go today. Who glory. glory. Now you won't, you got to be patient with yourself. Please be patient with yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be too easy on yourself, but don't be too hard on yourself. You are not going to achieve a renewed, sound mind Come to church once a month. Amen. Reading half a chapter every three or four days. And then spending all your time being carnal. And just living a natural, earthly life. You see, the Christian who doesn't do anything about renewing their mind will live a life that looks exactly like the sinner down the cul-de-sac. You'll have the same problems. You'll have the same divorce rate. Same mortality rate. You'll have the same bankruptcy rate. You have the same insanity rate, same, same instance of mental health problems. You have the same problems with your kid. Why? You're in a different kingdom. You have a different covenant, but you haven't done anything with the way you think. 
The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, that's the way it is in this life. And so you can be a child of the king, a king and a priest, a joint heir with Christ, and live a sinner's life and have all their problems if you don't do anything about your mind. Satan knows this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Satan knows this. We have an adversary. Amen? Ephesians 6, verse number 10. Paul says, uh, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. Put it on. Put it on. One of the pieces of armor is a helmet. A helmet covers your brain. It covers your mind, right? Amen. The helmet of salvation. Get up every day and put on the knowledge of who you are. Put on the knowledge of who you are in Christ. Put on the thoughts of God and think them all day long. Now, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. Everyone say wiles. The wiles. The wiles. What is that? The wiles of the devil. Yeah, it's strategies or stratagems. In the Greek, it's the Greek word method. That you may stand up against the methods of the devil. It comes from a root word that means a road or a way or a pathway. So here Paul is ending the great book of Ephesians by saying, Put on all your armor so that you can stand up against the strategies, the methods, His way of attack. And His primary way of attack in your life and mine is the mind. That's the road He's going to travel over to try to influence your life, derail your life, rob and steal from you and your family in life. He is going to strike your mind. He is going to attack your mind. He wants to do your thinking for you. I said He wants to do your thinking for you. And it's our job to recognize that. So this word method means a way. It means a procedure. It means a planned, cunning, deceptive method of attack to treat and to handle methodically. And so Satan's got a plan, and uh, he's going to methodically try to infiltrate your thinking. And he won't, he won't try to do the whole enchilada in one bite. He has worked on American culture for 75 years, for 100 years. And look how far. Right now today, the culture out there is wholeheartedly embracing things that would have made the culture vomit 15 years ago. And now we wink at it and are trying to search our Bibles for justification for boys not being boys and girls not being girls and identifying as cats and wanting to go to the bathroom in litter boxes. This is a real thing, parents. You watch your schools this year. You watch your school this year. Parents, go to those meetings. Check the curriculum. Look into the history book. You might want to go peruse the library for porn. They are after your kids as mine. And the they are people who are, I'm sure, trying to do their best, but they are under the dominion of the thinking of the devil. Protect your kids. What are they looking at on those screens? If your kids are like my kids, they're happy to disappear upstairs for three and four hours at a time doing what? Doing what? Better make sure. I said, you better make sure. I can do what you want, but I'd delete TikTok. I'd get all that crap off of your phone. Amen. Snapchat. I'd put all the safety features and restrictions on there. You can. And then I'd let your kids know by physical inspection, I will look at your phone constantly. Well, I can hear that teenager right now. I have a right to privacy. Not my house, you don't. We don't live by the Constitution of the United States in my house. It's our air, our roof, our appliances, our air conditioning, our soap, our shampoo. Our, uh, it all belongs to me. 
Amen. You would, yes, I would, and I have. Not because I love them. And accountability is a curb against sin. Accountability is protection. And if your kids are right, they will say, bring it on, Mom. Thank you for loving me. And if they're not, they're in rebellion and they're doing something. You need to sniff it out and find out what they're doing. That's pretty good. Why don't you give me a little pat on the back for that? Man. Hallelujah. So, let's close over here in Colossians. Now, I need to spend, because I'm just looking at the clock, we got to go. But uh, in developing this thought, you understand as you leave this place, if you didn't know it, Satan's primary, his favorite target is your mind. Amen. Amen. Your mind. And therefore, to have a sound mind means you're going to have to be disciplined. And you're going to have to post a uh, praetorian guard at the gate of your mind and evaluate every thought. Think about what you're thinking about. Amen? Colossians chapter 3, we're almost done. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Paul writing again to believers, and he says, If you then be risen with Christ, are you? This is basically a nice way of saying, are you born again? Amen. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. Amen? Where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Look at uh, verse 2. Set your affection. New King James. Anybody have New King James? What's it say? Mind. Set your affection. Set your mind. Everyone say that with me. Set your mind. Set it where? On things above. Not on things beneath of the earth. For you are dead That old guy is dead, and your new life, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So in closing here, praise God. This word, set you, this phrase, set your mind, is one Greek word. It's three words in English, set your mind. And in the Greek, it means concentrate. It means concentrate. It means to place, to place. So um, I thought that this... My, my study Bible, my New Spirit-Filled Study Life Bible, the Word of God, amen, would be a good representation of a renewed, sound mind. So y'all with me? We're going to do an illustration before we leave. This is my renewed mind. You think in line with this, you're thinking like God. You're thinking renewed. That's a sound mind. That's the goal. Well, the Bible tells me to take my mind and set it where I want it to be. So I have set my mind. Let's call it things above. Amen. You think the devil's going to let that go unopposed? Huh? No, no, no. What's what's the devil going to do when you go to start thinking right? He's going to pull out his thought gun... And he's going to start firing at you. Amen. So Reverend Marilyn here, she has a wrong thought. Which one is this one? I think I'll stay home and not go to church today. That's a wrong thought. Anyone ever had that thought? That's okay. I've had the, I've had the thought. I'm supposed to be preaching. No, did you see just what happened? Satan comes... And puts, attempts to replace, I put my mind where it was supposed to be. And now instead I look over and all of a sudden I have a wrong thought. So what do I have to do? No, I'm going to church today. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together and take my mind and put it back. That's where it goes. Amen. So that's where it goes. And so I'm going to have this fight. Oh my gosh, already? So Paul brings up another thought. I'm going to die young. I had that thought bombard my mind at time. So I had set my, look, where's my mind? Is my mind where it's supposed to be? So what am I going to have to do? 
Bless God, that is a wrong thought. I take that thought captive. He shall satisfy me with long life and show me his salvation. Mine stay put. And this is quickly, how, this is how your day's going to go. You just conquered the last wrong thought. Oh my gosh, my faith isn't working. Why isn't my faith working? How many of you know that's a wrong thought? That's a wrong thought. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. God is a faithful God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Does the Bible say our faith isn't working? No, no? so we've got to recognize that's a wrong thought. Look at all these wrong thoughts. <laughs> Amen. No. You, Amen. So the wrong thought goes here, and you've moved my, you've, you moved my mind. So I'm going, oh, here I go again. Set my mind on things above. The Bible says that we are to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought, every thought. From, I'm not going to church, to uh, uh, you're going to die young. And so, here I am again. This is what my day looks like. Mind you, stay here. Oh. Here's another wrong thought. I never hear from God. This thought comes. Pastor, he's always talking about, you know, God said this and God said that. And I just never hear from God. I can't ever hear from God. What is that? Wrong thought. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. So I say, no, that's not right. That's not right. I do hear from God. I am his sheep and his sheep hear his voice. Mind Stay put. Stay put. Oh, here we go. And we're not even, to, we're not even, I haven't even reached work yet. Trying to shave, trying to get ready. And my mind is what? Thoughts are coming all day long. Where's my mind? Oh, not where it's supposed to be. Okay, what am I dealing with now? I'm poor. I can't ever get ahead. No, bless God. My God supplies all my needs. I'm a giver. I'm a tither. He fills my barn with plenty. He causes my vats to overflow with new wine. So mind, think about that. Think about the right thought. Think about the right thought. Now you've, you've finally made it to lunch. You finally, oh, you're such a failure. Such a failure. Is that what the Bible... Listen, if you're discouraged, I'm just telling you, welcome to the Christian life. Welcome to reality. Welcome to life on planet Earth as a Christian. I'm such a failure. I can't ever do anything right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not the right thought. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Think about that. Think about that. Whose job is it to take every thought captive? Are you a wrong thought? Oh, here we are again. He's going to go over this again. I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I can't serve in the ministry of helps. I can't. I, I, I can't. I, I can't stay in this marriage. I, I can't this. I, I can't that. Well, again, is that, is that a right thought? Again, I'm, I'm going to go back to that same verse. Maybe you didn't hear me, devil. I can. I can. He works within me both to will and to do of all his good pleasure. So I can. With his help, I can. With his grace, I can. I can pray. I can come to church. I can be faithful. I can bring my tithe. I can be the husband God called me to be. I can be the father God called me to be. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, now, the trick, guys, in closing, the trick is you got to do this all throughout the day without appearing crazy to your coworkers. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? Amen. So, thoughts come. Hmm. Evaluate that thought. No, no. It, it, it may not look like it's turning, but I believe it will be as even God, as God said it to me. That's right. 
So I cast that thought. I just, and you do it under your breath. I cast that thought down. I can lose weight. I do lose weight. It's easy for me to lose weight. I'm disciplined. I have the grace of God. I eat food that's good for me. Get thee behind me, Satan. And then just go on. Amen? And listen, this, the more you renew and entrench your mind in the Word, this whole thing gets easier. But it's never easy. I said it gets easier. But it never gets, it's never just easy. Amen? But if you will guard and defend your mind, you will give Satan no entrance. And he will not be able to touch your life with sickness, with disease, with mental illness, with depression, with manic stuff, with fear. And it's, it's better, and it's so much better to be about this business we just illustrated all day long than to leave your mind unguarded and to let the devil pitch a tent in your brain. You cannot keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and having a sound mind's worth it. Yeah. Having peace in your home is worth it. Amen. Not living troubled right. and having heart arrhythmias and diabetes and all kinds of physical problems. Amen. Because Satan will take your mind and he'll take you to the brink if, he, if you let him. Yeah. Amen. All right, well, that's more than enough for us today.